0: going to read from Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 17, but I'm going to switch up the translation a little bit from what we usually do. I'm going to use the message because I really like Eugene Peterson's interpretation uh, of what Paul wrote. And so it'd be a lot different than maybe you're used to hearing this, but I really like what he brings to the surface. And so we'll, we'll enter now into chapter 3 verse 1 of what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, abusive, and dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in the new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this is going off and doing your own thing. Cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we are in our final week of our gratitude series. I really enjoyed gratitude. It's kind of fun to camp in gratitude. And we, uh, we're in our fourth week. In week one, we talked about that we're made for gratitude. And so it was All Saints Sunday. And so we look back at the great and grand past, that all, of, all the things that God has done since the beginning, for all creation, but also all that God and others have done for us in our lives, who have blessed us with decisions that we didn't make that impacted us. And we remembered the grand scheme, and then we looked forward to where it's all heading, and we're reminded that we have so much to be grateful for from our saints and from God, and that if we can step back and keep that in mind, it helps us to realize that we have much to give thanks for. And not only that, but we want to be remade in the image of God, which is fully revealed to us in Christ. God's a giver. That's what God does. And so we are givers. So we're made to be grateful and to give of ourselves. And then we spent the next week talking about giving thanks in every situation. Now, when you're remembering this grand scheme, it's a lot easier for us to give thanks even through trials and seasons that are troubling. But when we lose sight and become distracted and just focused on what's in front of us and ourselves, and we forget about all the things people have done and all that God's done, we find ourselves not being very grateful. And somehow remembering who we are in the grand scheme brings with us an attitude that makes it easier to be grateful. And then last week we talked about cultivating gratitude, and that's through prayer. We focused on prayer, that We align ourselves with God's will for our lives. We align ourselves with God's purpose and plan and all that God has done. And if we keep that in our mind through prayer all the time, that the bad habits that we do when we're distracted tend to fall away, and we end up finding new habits. And in our gratitude, we find that joy springs up inside of us. And so this week, give thanks. It's a very simple message. Uh, I'm gonna try not to complicate it, but here it is. We were given Jesus Christ and there's a lot to be thankful for. Now, today is Christ the King Sunday. If you don't know, there's a lectionary calendar, it's ancient, and there are three years that we go through and then we start over. We're finishing year C today. This is the the crowning moment in year C, Christ the King, when we remember all that's coming in the day of the Lord. And then next week we start all over and we start anticipating Christ's arrival. See how that works. So we'll start Advent, but we're not there yet. Today, we're going to celebrate Christ as king and all that we've been given. And if we can root ourselves in that, it has quite the impact. Now, we were all lost at some point. I was. Were you lost at some point in your life? Raise your hand nice and tall. Come on, fellow sinners. Yes, we are. And if you think you're not lost, you are now, right? That's kind of how it works. Now, we don't have it all figured out now, But we do know what direction to head, and we know we're on the path to perfection. Yes? And so we are led into this healing and wholeness of life. Healing and wholeness, the word is salvation. That's the same word as healing. And so we're being led in that direction, not only as individuals, because the whole point was never about individuals. It was about us. We human beings, we grow up in lots of different settings. Some of you grew up in the church, and some of you grew up out of the church, really far from the church. In fact, church may still be foreign or it's still new. But regardless, we all, were all about us and our lostness. Life was all about us. I can remember the age. I can remember the day when it dawned on me, oh, it's not all about me. And uh, that was a long time ago, thankfully. Although I'm still unlearning because we still have a way to let that old life in. And sometimes we even call it we, right? It's all about us, right? As a country, as a group, as a family, however we do it, we indulge is what we do. Do you indulge? Do you seek pleasure just for the sake of pleasure? Yeah, I love the honesty. Yes, we scratch and we claw for what we think we need and want, right? And then we fight to justify what it is we've decided we've needed and we've wanted, even when we maybe know it's not exactly what we should want. And what we do in this process of living life of humanity is we hurt ourselves and we hurt others, all the while while other people are hurting themselves and hurting us and others. And so we all kind of bump into each other. You ever seen bumper cars? Sometimes life can feel like we're just bumping into each other, trying to figure it out. Some of you here... Um, Maybe feeling like life is overwhelming. Been hearing that a lot. We're ready for election season. Are you ready? You may look at the newspaper, the headlines, and depending on what station you watch, you just see lots of tragedy. You see all that's going wrong, and you think of all that you've lost. And maybe overwhelmed. We can be disappointed. Some of you are disappointed right now. Uh, You didn't. Get what you wanted, or worse yet, you did get what you wanted, and it wasn't what you thought it would be. And you found yourself saying and thinking, "Is this it? Now what? It wasn't what I thought this would be." For some of you, life seems like it's dragging along; it's taking forever. For some of you, it feels like it's flying by, and you can't catch up. Life can seem to some like it's just immoral and out of control. And oh, right, and some don't have any idea of the things they're doing that are hurting themselves. Life can seem wonderful and perfect, hopeful and joyful, into some much different reality. And we seem to bounce from one extreme to the other from day to day, or moment to moment, one season to the next. Now, we've all gathered here today, each one of us, and you're going through your stuff, whatever it is. Worry, anxiety, joy, happiness, grief, anger, pain, loneliness. We're all here, and we all have a bit of all of it. Would you agree to that? Is that safe to say? We all carry it. Some of you are loving life. All your dreams that you've planned for, they're they're happening. Some of you are scared to death. How will this next season impact your goals and desires? Some of you are lonely and hurting When will the current season stop? Because it's weighing you down. Some of you are thrilled about what's happening in Washington. And some of you are utterly offended and angry. And some of you are both. Some here are feeling vindicated by the United Methodist Church passing of the traditional plan because it's what you think is right. Some of you are devastated because of the United Methodist Church passing the traditional plan because you feel that you're not welcome, not fully acceptable. Some of you are hoping for a change in general conference in May. Are you ready for that? Some of you are already planning your exit strategy if things do change. all here in the room. Many of us are going to gather around the table this week, around friends and family. It's going to be a good time. You're going to see people you like to see and have conversations you like to have. Some of you haven't gathered around a table in a long time. And maybe some of the conversation you're not sure is going to go in a way you hope it does, and you're kind of dreading it. Some of you are somewhere in between. Some will share in laughter, and some will share in, Why did we come again? Some in our church are just hoping to heal and get out of the hospital that they would love to sit at the table no matter what the grief is. Some are just hoping the week goes by quick. We're all carrying all of these realities with us today. They're all present in the body right now. Are you with me? I am so glad that you are here And I am so glad to be here with you. Because life's messy. I'm so grateful that we can come and be in this place. Because we lift up the message that we have Jesus Christ. And that is no simple message. It is and it isn't. Because of Jesus Christ, we know that God has the final word about where things come to completion to their goal. Because of Jesus Christ, we know that we don't need to fight or claw for anything. We don't need to win any argument. It doesn't have to go our way. Because God gets the final word. Because of Jesus Christ, we know that we will be made whole on that glorious day and all will be welcomed fully in Jesus Christ into full renewal. We know that death and disease will be no more. Death and disease will be no more. Sadness and fear will cease Aches and pains will disappear. There will be no more hungry. We will all be valid and established as the temple of God because of Jesus Christ. We will dwell together in the fullness of life and all that could ever be hoped for or realized or completed. And we've seen a foretaste of this in our own lives. Yes? I think that's why you're here. Because you've experienced it somehow. And you were wandering and lost and selfish you experienced healing and love and grace and mercy we have all been saved from ourselves at the very least amen we've all been made into something more as a part of the body in a way we could have never been on our own there's nothing that can conquer the victory of Jesus Christ amen come on say it like you believe it amen we have all received the call to life in his name. Amen? We've all been granted the Holy Spirit in our baptism to restore our souls. Amen? And all of this was a gift. Amen? And if you've not received the gift, or if you've not called out to God and realized your need, not called out to Jesus as Lord and invited the Holy Spirit, come talk to me during this final song or after service. I'd love to talk to you about that because I know what it brings. And we all do. And you can raise your hand if you've experienced it. And you can find some... Raise your hand, everybody. If you've experienced it, find somebody. Maybe you trust more than me and that's okay. Find them and talk to them. And step into this life. Take the old off and the new on. Our choices and decisions, our lives can all follow the lead of Jesus as Paul describes it. We need only be grateful, is my argument. Grateful. This life of Jesus, we can live it. It's interesting looking at the life of Jesus. Jesus never seemed to become focused and fixated on the problems, ever, unless it was to heal them. He never just focused on what was wrong. Now, he saw it, but he focused rather on the people and working good in their lives, wherever he was and whatever they needed. And if they turned away from him, he let them go. If they struggled to understand, he didn't insult them or think less of them. In fact, the only people Jesus really ever took direct issue with were the religious people, who said they knew what God wanted, and usually it involved drawing lines in the sand and saying, in or out. And it seemed that Jesus had an issue with that. But even when the religious elite laid down their judgments, Jesus responded gently, and invited them to experience themselves and other human beings in a better way. We can live like this, you know. We can live like Jesus lived. Among those who see eye to eye with us and among those who don't. Among those who reject us flat out. Among those who struggle to understand what in the world we're talking about, what in the world we're going through, or they struggle to understand who in fact we are. All that matters is that we live by the new way of life offered us in Jesus. And we've been given the Holy Spirit to help us be empowered to do that. And it all begins with giving thanks. So today, this week, every day, let's give thanks to God for our lives. Let's do it right now. Give thanks to God for your life. Give thanks to God for our saints. Let us thank God for Jesus Christ. Let us thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let us thank God for the church universal. Let us thank God for this space and this church, this group of sisters and brothers who have committed themselves to each other for richer, or poorer, better, or worse, sickness and in health till death do us part, but even then. There is no real death. Let us thank God that the day of the Lord is coming and that it will come in fullness with all of its restoration and completeness, that it's already guaranteed, and we experience it today. So this week, let us just simply give thanks to God. And then go and live your lives in the light of our thankfulness. Amen? Amen.